Shalom everybody, Shavua Tov, welcome back. We are continuing with where we left off in this amazing discourse from Rav Nossin's Likuti Halachot, section Orachaim, Hilchot Birkat Hoda'a, the laws of giving thanks. Discourse number six, which again is based on Likuti Moran, the introductions of Likuti Moran lesson number 24. <coughs> what Rav Nossin is doing is showing us major, major uh, guidelines and encouragement to do and to behave and to conduct while we are in exile, especially the exile of Simcha. And this is especially reflected in Yaakov Avinu's fleeing Esav. Esav wanted to kill Yaakov. He was jealous of him that he stole the brachot, that he got the brachot, rightfully got the brachot. And Esav was jealous, plus Yaakov was penniless, and he had nobody, he had no wives, no family, right? And he was running, he was on, on the pursuit, running away to go to the land of Lavan Arami in Aram in order to find his future marriage partners. The fact that we're learning now conduct from Yaakov in this situation is to show us also that when we are being pursued in, in exile, this final exile of Edom from Esav, and there's poverty and there's frustration, and there's feel, feeling futile and, and hopeless, you know, futility and, and yeush and feeling down. So the way that Yaakov Vindu conducted himself, what he did, is a message for us what to do when we're being pursued. So Rav Nosa now is opening up, like we said, this opening second verse from Parashat Vayetze, of, which is about to discuss the sleeping of Yaakov Vindu and him having the dream of the ladder, Jacob's ladder. Right? This verse, let's read the whole verse in its entirety again, because you have to see some points which help better understand what Rav Nosan is going to say. So, this is verse, the second verse of Parashat Vayetzim. <coughs> and Yaakov met up with this place, which Rav Nosan explained that he bumped into the Keter. That's how high a level he reached. That he finally reached the Keter, so he's Pogea. He bounced back from the Keter, and as a result, and of uh, how heavy the work is in rectification and clarify, clarifying from the exchange chambers due to this. So he had no choice but to sleep. Vayalin Sham, he had to sleep overnight there. Kiva Hashemesh, because the light of inspiration is taken away when there's a pigia, when a person is bounced back from this makom, which is the keter, which is the gateway to the infinite light, the highest level of the Torah. Okay? So he's saying, because with Kiva Hashemesh, there's no light and it's so heavy and burdensome and draining to work and rectifying, they have no choice but to sleep. Even the tzaddik has to sleep. But while, while he's sleeping, he's not resting. He collected the holy sparks. We said the avanim are the avne hamakom. The word makom rep- re- uh, repeats itself a second time. So as I have to say, these are holy stones, stones which are emanating from the keter, the makom. So he collected the holy, Rav Nosen explains, sparks and holy letters of the Torah, which, uh, which have been uh, scattered in the exchange chambers. He's able to collect them, to lift them out of the exchange chambers. And more than that, and he connects them to his mind, meaning he's able to reach the blessing of the intellect through doing this. And then now we're holding by the end of the verse, Vayishkav Bamakomahu, and Yaakov slept, actually sleeping. Vayalen means to, to, to spend the night. doesn't mean actually sleeping. 
lina is like a, hot- a motel, a hotel to sleep overnight lodgings. And vayishkav is the actual shchiva, actual lying down. But again, the verse says a third time, bamakomahu, in this place, to show you that all of his work was so high and lofty that he was already connected to the makom, which like Ibn Nachman explains in Lesson 24, is the term for the keter. Okay, he was holding at a high level. So if Nosan is going to open now these words, and he slept in this holy place, the Keter. And anyways, on the simple meaning, like we said, it's referring to <coughs> the Beit HaMikdash, the place of the Holy Temple. But look what Rav Nosan opens us up to a totally new uh, vista in these concepts here. Look what he says. Right? Like we said, quoting the verse, and Yaakov slept in that place. Again, Makom connotes the Keter, a very lofty level. He was able to sleep at that level. What does that mean? Rav Nosen says, Sheyashan mitoch divrei Torah. That he slept with, along with the words of Torah. To explain this idea. Okay? We said earlier that because of the sins of the generation, even the Tzadikim experienced setbacks. They're not able to fulfillly reach their level and it may not necessarily be their fault. It could be because since the tzaddik is a general collective soul, he's here to help other people come back to Hashem. So it goes to say that when the other people are too flawed, too blemished, it has a setback repercussion even on this tzaddik. And that's the case by Yaakov, that that he had to lie down because he couldn't finish the rectification, rectification immediately. He had to be in a state of going to sleep, which is no mochin, no intellect, Everything is just darkness, and you have to rely on emuna, and it's a stage of a setback. It's a waiting period, okay? <clears throat> so, Rosen's pointing out that the actual shchiva of Yaakov, you know, this lying down, took place in that place, hahu, that place referring to the keter, which is the highest level of Torah awareness, the infinite light. So, Rosen says it's hinting to vayishkav is to sleep, bamakomahu means words of Torah. Okay? He slept with words of Torah. He's going to sleep. He's going to have a setback. Fine. But I'm still connected to the Torah. Look what Rav Nosen says. This is not just Yaakov Avinu here. This is a hint, an indication, a guideline. Okay? Uh, a framework hinting to every person, every Jew, every person, that what? Or that when? That when a person sees that the obstacles and the setbacks are just too much, too much, that they're preventing a person the way they're preventing, in other words, the, whoever it is, the evil side or the, 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 the setback due to the Keter itself, and the obstacles are just too overwhelming for a person, that he just crashes. He says, I don't have koach for this, I don't have strength for this. So what to do then? Is he totally detached? Is there nothing he can do if he's now taking a nap, taking a vacation because it's too hard? So he says here, Avnasen, even when you see that there's too many obstacles and they're preventing you the way they're preventing you from advancing, what can you do? Tzarich lekasher b'machashavto divrei Torah u'lehotzi machashavto merayonim ra'im A person has to attach his thoughts to words of Torah. Even if he's physically wasted, physically and spiritually out of it, out of it, still what you can do and what you should do 
or you must do, is to attach your mind to words of Torah. Why? Because normally a person is in sleep mode and everything is a setback. All types of bad ideas start sinking in and attacking a person and enveloping a person's brain and mind. And he says, Rav Nosen, you have to get out of those bad thoughts, that those bad ways of thinking. Rayonim, Rayim, bad ideas, evil ideas. How do you get out of evil ideas? By putting in a good idea. What fights thought? Thought. How do you deal with a negative thought? Rabbi Nachman teaches in many places, you fight back with a good thought. Because the brain can't think two thoughts at once. So if there's a bad thought occupying your brain and you're aware of it, kick it out with a good thought. Because once you're putting a good thought and you focus on it, you can't focus on the bad thought anymore. You can only focus on the good thought. Okay? So he's saying, when you see these obstacles and they're pushing you to think negativity, to think bad, have bad ideologies, bad ideas. So at that point, you have to connect, attach your mind to words of Torah that you've heard already. And by doing so, extracting your thoughts, your mind from bad ideas. Right? And he's saying, Okay? And you should connect into your thoughts words of Torah. In other words, not just the ideas, but picturing the words of the concepts, how you learn them in the Chumash, in the Gemara, in the Mishnah, in the Midrash, wherever. The wording that you saw, to view the dibure, the words, to, to remember the ideas in the format of the words that you learned them in, until you fall asleep from within words of Torah. In other words, you're about to sleep, you're falling so low, you're just out of it, and you're about to collapse and zonk out. He's saying, still, when that happens, connect your thought, your thoughts, because you, you, while you're down and sleeping, your mind is never asleep. Your mind never sleeps. Even a person's out of it, his mind is still functioning. So because it's still functioning, just that now you're in danger zone because you're in sleep mode, you're falling to sleep mode due to the pressures of the obstacles, but the brain is not dormant. The brain is not sleeping. You can still think, technically. So because of that, you have to infiltrate your mind with good thoughts, thoughts of the Torah. Okay? Shezeu ikar bechinat mechalet murot. That this... Is, is saying something very insightful here. This is the essence of clarifying from the exchange chambers. Okay? We have to explain this. There's being lifted out of the exchange chambers and there's the clarification and sifting the good from the evil trapped within the exchange chambers. And there's two stages. First, the good is so intertwined with the evil in the exchange chambers, so you first have to cleanse it. You have to, you have to separate it from the evil till it's recognizable. And once that's done, then you can elevate that good that's trapped up to the holiness. In Lesson 24, Rabbi Nachman's usage of his wording is that by doing mitzvot with joy, you're able to elevate, elevate the holiness trapped there. So it's like a two-stage uh, situation, scenario, preparation, like you see what from Rabbi Nosson saying here. First, what's needed before elevating holiness, holy sparks, avne kodesh, holy stones, like we said earlier, back up to their source, which is the makom, to bring them back to the holy place. First, you need to do a beruch. Beruch means to sift it out, so intertangled and intertwined with evil. How do I first make a separation that it becomes noticeable what is, what is good and what is evil? That's what he's saying is by Torah study. Learning Torah, words of Torah, especially when you're knocked out. 
You're knocked out means you're now all the way down in the exchange chambers and you need to be extracted. First stage is you have to do a bill. You have to separate the good from the evil which comes about through connecting your mind through Diboyetua. He's going to ex- explain more and more details on this point. And once the good has been located, separated from the evil because you're thinking words of Torah, the next stage of doing sim- mitzvot with joy, doing mitzvot with joy now actually extracts it and elevates it. Elevates it up to its whole, to its source, or up to the stages like Rabbi Nachman says in Lesson Twenty Four. Malchut goes up to Netzachod Yisod, Netzachod Yisod to Chesed Gvurat Tiferet, Chesed Gvurat Tiferet to Chokhmah Binadat, Chokhmah Binadat to the Keter, etc. These levels, levels that you go up through joy. Okay, so but here Rav Nosen is adding this amazing point of Beruch. The essence of the clarification you would have thought is joy. He says what's there's a prerequisite to doing mitzvot with joy, and that's Torah study. On a simple level, how could you know what is a mitzvah and what is a proper functioning of a mitzvah if you don't learn if you don't learn Torah? If you don't learn Torah, how do you know what is a mitzvah? Number one, and number two, how to do the mitzvah properly? When we say doing the mitzvah properly, it's number one, learning the halacha well, so you have all the details to make sure that you are doing things within the parameter of halacha, and number two, how you're doing it with the proper background, proper perspective proper hashkafa, which comes about by learning the entire Torah. Chumash, Tanakh, Mishnah, Gemara, Shulchan Aruch, like we just said, Midrash, Zohar, Tikkuni Zohar, our writings of the Arizal, and especially Chassidut, Rabbi Nachman's Likutei Moran, Rav Nosan's Likutei Alachot, etc., 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 etc. All that helps you to bring value in the mitzvah you're doing, so you have better springboard in doing the mitzvah with joy. So it's like a two-stage thing. You need to learn Torah. You need to connect your thoughts, especially when you're, you're rock bottom low. You shouldn't think, ah, I'm out of it anyway, so why should I learn Torah? No. Now is the time that you're so out of it that you have to attach more than any other time your mind to the Torah because that's when you'll be infiltrated, like we said earlier, with rayonim ra'im, bad ideas, bad thoughts. Okay? And he says, Rav Nosen, his wording is very powerful. That this is how you clarify, cleanse, sift out the good that's trapped in the exchange chambers. Unbelievable. Okay? Shazo ikar bechinat ikar. This is the essence in the sec- the clarification from the exchange chambers is, is connecting your mind to thoughts of the Torah. Amazing. And now Rav Nosin says, furthermore, look at this. Because this concept of fighting thoughts with thoughts, you have the bad ideas coming overwhelming you when you're taking advantage when you're down and so the mind which is still takif it's still strong whenever even when you're sleeping your mind is still strong it's still there just as conscious and subconscious level but it's still takif okay <clears throat> so the bad thoughts are taking advantage of your scenario and attacking you with bad ideas ah that's happening I can't let that happen I can't now have an excuse so because I'm wasted I'm out of it so I won't fight back no Attach yourself to words of Torah. Remember what you learned. If you can't open a book, then you remember the amazing things that you did learn. Okay? So this fighting thoughts with thoughts, Rav Nosen says, this is the concept of a perfect, scaled, measured tshuva. There's a term called tshuvata mishkal. Tshuvata mishkal is the proper amount of repentance needed to repent for a specific sin. If a person did a terrible sin, so he has to do a matching level of repentance. He can't say, okay, I'm, I'm coming back to Hashem. No, he has to match 
the severity of the temptation he had when he sinned, with all the heating up and excitement and the bad intentions, he has to combat that with an equal, equivalent level of repentance that matches that. It's called Tshuva Tamishka. Rabbi Nachman goes into this, Rabbi Nachman is not going to go into this, in the Kutimah in Lesson 27. That if a person came, we're going to see, came to sexual immorality, sexual impurity, because of bad thoughts, so what's his tshuva? What's considered tshuva tamishkal? When these thoughts come again to attack a person, he's able to push them out of his head with positive thoughts, to get to, to fight back and not let the bad thoughts arouse him to sexual impurity. So by, by, because even though damage was done on sexual impurity, the root of it is in the mind. If he's able to attack and fix the damage at the mind, so that's called tshuva tamishka. That's the proper balanced type of tshuva. So Rehoshan says this also, that the bad thoughts are coming to bring you down. So the, the, the tshuva tamishkal for that is thoughts of Torah. Dafka, when you're down, thoughts of Torah is the greatest, psh, amazing idea. The greatest time for your rectification is when you're specifically out of it. When you're out of it, out of things and wasted, that is when it's a golden opportunity for salvation and for breakthroughs. That's what he's saying here. That now they're attacking you with major setbacks and obstacles. And the Yetzirah uses that to make your morale down with bad ide- ideology, bad ideas. How do I fight back? W- thoughts of Torah. Thoughts of Torah. And not to say, oh, I'm useless, I'm hopeless, I'm wasteless, and there's nothing, I'm homeless. <laughs> not to say that. To fight back with thoughts of Torah. To remember, say, what Torah? I don't know anything. I'm out of it. So you work to uh, connect yourself to the Torah. And just an insight. The fact that Rav Nosen is deriving this from the word makom, because he's, he's, he's deriving this from the verse that we said, and y- Yaakov slept in that place to say the words of Torah coming from this lofty place. And makom is referring to the keter. And keter is a level of Torah accessing the infinite light way above the pardes, the pshat, remez, drash, sod. The simple learning of the Torah the drash, right? so the rem is the hints, the gematchas and everything, the drash, like, a, like an expoundation of the midrash, and the kabbalah, above that is the keta, this fifth level, which is the makom. And it's specifically these type of Torah ideas emanating from such a high, high level, which in a nutshell is the ideas of chasidut, in particular Rabbi Nachman's chasidut. These type of teachings have a power to give a person a boost of life, even if he's rock bottom, rock bottom. Just on the side, there was a, a breast liver elder, previous generation, Rav Nachman Burshtin, a blessed memory. And he was very sick towards the end of his life. All types of sicknesses, diabetes and other stuff. But he said that whenever he was asked and invited to speak about breast liver, about Rabbeinu, Rabbi Nachman and his teachings, so when he would speak, he would get so on fire, he, forgot, he would forget totally that he was sick. And they, he commented about that. He says, when I speak about the Rebbe, I don't feel about my pain anymore. I don't feel the pain. Like it disappears. When I go into breast of thinking, breast of Ashkafa, breast of teachings, Rabbi Nachman's teachings, quotations and lessons, it's such a healing, he said, that at the time when I'm saying it, I feel nothing. I feel perfectly fine. And that's what he's saying here, that when you're in rock bottom, there's one level of Torah. You can't say that a sugi and the Gemara is going to get you back to, on your feet maybe some special people but the average person needs a higher dosage of Torah the Torah of the Makom which is a level of the Keter to give him that boost when he's rock bottom that's the idea why so many people connect 
to Rabbi Nachman's teaching, specifically when they hit so low in life, they've fallen so low, it's then, specifically then, that they come across Rabbi Nachman's teachings, and it's these thinking, these teachings, which really actually save people with Zatashim. So but back, but back into our context here, he's saying that this is the tshuva, the mishkal, the balanced, proper, proportioned repentance, matching the, the bad ideas coming to infiltrate you, your mind, fighting it with thoughts of Torah, that's tshuva mishkal. And he goes into the details of Nosim. Shehu ikar tikun pgama brit shehu pgama machshava, and this, like Rabbi Nachman says in lesson twenty-seven, is the essence of the rectification of a blemish in sexual purity of the covenant, because where does the blemish of sexual impurity emanate from? A blemish of the thought. When a man thinks illicit thoughts, the thought, what's called, arouses him sexually. So that means it's the thought that started the process. Ah, that's the case. So we try to check it already at the beginning point. If the negative thoughts is what overwhelmed the person, so what's needed to combat that is positive thoughts against that, to kick it out. You can't think, like we said, one thing, you can't think two things at once. So it's all the good thoughts or the bad thoughts. So the good thoughts push out by thinking the good thoughts and they have to be of a caliber that they really outweigh the bad thoughts. That's why it's from the makom, this level of ketan, like we just mentioned. So he's saying this is the essence of sexual impurity. Sexual impurity, okay, like we said many times, Rabbi Nachman revealed the tikkun, tikkun aklali, to rectify the damage done. But now the stage of doing tshuva, it's two things, is repentance and fixing the damage caused. Repentance means to come back, that Hashem opens the doors for you to come back, okay? This is what we're talking about here. Tshuva tamishka, tshuva. The repentance for sexual impurity it's one thing to say tikkun aklali for wasted seed, that's for the rectification of the damage done. But now to bring me back, I can fix the damage, but I can stay in the same place. I want to go forward. I want Hashem to open up the doors for me to go forward. That's called tshuva. Tikkun, I have to do no matter what. <laughs> you have to fix the damage caused. The Arizal says this, that just because a person does tshuva doesn't mean now that he doesn't have to fix the damage he did. He does. Yeah, that's why the idea of a person who dies in repentance, the classic example is Terach. Terach, the father of Avram. Rashi says clearly that Terach did tshuva at the end of his life, but still he had to rectify the damage he did as Terach. And he came back, the Arizal says, as a Gilgul reincarnation as Eov. Eov was a re- reincarnation of Terach. We won't go into it too much, but Arizal, at that point, he says, for surely a person who does repentance, but he still has to fix the damage did, that, that he did. Doesn't say, okay, Hashem, I forgive you, but how about the damage? I want you to fix, clean up the mess. I want you to clean up the mess. That's called tikkun. Tshuva is actual moving forward, repentance. That's why Rabbi Nachman said clearly that everyone who comes to his grave gives a coin to charity, says these ten chapters, notice the tikkun akali, and takes upon himself not to return to his folly. That's tshuva. You, you, you take upon yourself not to go back to do anymore. That's tshuva part, okay? So it's tikkun and tshuva. You need both. You need both. Both are needed. You can't say, oh, I did tikkun aklali so I can do whatever I want and I'm accepted. You got to work now for the tshuva part to come back. Okay? That's, that's my doing now. That's what he's saying here. Torah study is the biggest tshuva for the bad thoughts, especially when over, being overwhelmed with them. Okay? So, okay. Shehu ikar tikkun brit. The good thoughts, when you're specifically down and far, good thoughts of Torah, thoughts of Torah, uh, is the main rectification of the blemish of the covenant, which is the pagam, which is the blemish of the thoughts. 
שכל תיקונו על ידי זה די כאן. of sexual impurity, immorality and impurity is specifically to the thoughts specifically כמו שמובא okay, even though he's using the word tikkun, tikkun but it's tikkun within the context of tshuva you have to understand that because there's a tikkun aklali, no problem but the tikkun to fix that it shouldn't happen again you hear that? that it shouldn't submit to evil thoughts again sexual immorality what can I do to combat that? that's something else now tikkun aklali, once the damage was done Okay, that's Tikkun HaKlali. But now, to repent so I shouldn't fall again in this area, in the spirit of folly, this Rakhshtut, so for that, I need the idea of the fighting with the thoughts, like he said, positive thoughts. So he's saying now, Shekol, Tikkun HaKlali, Daika, the Horeification is to good thoughts of Torah. Kumo Shemuva al Ma'amar Raboteinu Zal, Behainu Da'al. And like Rabbi Nachman brings, like we said, we quoted earlier, the teaching of the sages, which he brings in the Kutim Moran Lesson 27, which, which we translate in the words called Behainu Da'al. We have to explain this, okay? Lesson 27 is based on one of the arguments between the wise men of Athens and Rabbi Yeshua ben Hananya. It's an amazing, amazing Gemara, which Rabbi Nachman expounds parts of, the, of, this, of this, the, the, the exchanges between the, the wise men of Athens and Rabbi Yeshua ben Hananya. Masechet Bechorot, page 8. So lesson 27 is totally based on one argument. The argument was as follows. A chick, a baby chicken, chick, retzitza, that dies inside the shell, the, baby, the, the egg, that dies within the egg before cracking through. So they asked, so every living creature has what's called a ruach. That's the difference between an inanimate creation like a stone and a plant and a living animal. The living animal has what's called a nefesh chaya, a living soul. So the living soul of the chick that's now being formed and, you know, it's ready to, to be hatched. So it's a living animal form, format. So if it dies in the shell, they ask the question, from where does its soul, its life spirit, its nefesh take off? So Rabbi Shubin Hanani answered them, Behainu Da'al, from the same place that it entered. You're asking him, how does it leave? How did it enter in the first place? That's the question. So he's saying the same place that it entered, that's where it can leave. Okay, so there's obviously much more depth than that in this exchange. Let's take a look. We'll go look at lesson 27. At the end of the lesson, Rabbi Nachman goes into this Gemara. And we can't go through the whole lesson. We'll just, in summary, quickly go through the ideas he explains on each piece of this statement. So he's saying, Vizet Perush, this is what, it, what the meaning of this exchange between the wise men of Athens and Rabbi Shabin Hananya. Retzitza, which we said is a baby chick. Okay? So what is Retzitza? Rabbi Nachman says it's similar to the word for Kene Ratzutz, a broken support. A support stick that's broken. Ratzutz is like Retzitza. Shema Akum, in other words, the nations who are still idol worshippers and don't believe in God. Shem Rechokim Mibichinat Zaken They are far from the concept of uh, elderly scholar, scholarship, you know, the true wisdom, which is the wisdom of the Torah. And Zaken, the Gemara says, is an acronym for someone who is acquired. Zekana Chokhmah. This is someone who is acquired Chokhmah. The word for acquisition, Kana, can also mean a reed, Kene, and also means like a, a broken reed. Like a, like a walking stick that you need to, to support yourself on. So this word kane means many things. In this concept, in this context, zaken ze kana. Zain kufnun is an acronym from, from the two opening words. Ze kana, 
So you have the Zion, which is Zeh, Kufnun from Kana, and then it continues the, the statement of the sages, Chokhmah. This one has acquired, a Zakan has acquired what? Wisdom. Okay? So the, the nations are far from this. They're far from what's called Hajat Panim, which is the, the, count of the shining countenance, the glorif- glorified countenance which the Torah gives a person who, who develops it. And instead of this Kene Chokhmah, acquiring Chokhmah, which is also the word for Kene, means a reed, a stick, a support stick. So they're attached to the Kene Ratzutz, a broken stick. Ratzutz, that's why they call it that's the Goyim. It's a verse from Tehillim, like it says, rebuke the wild beast of the marshland, the bamboo sticks. The Kane is what grows the, the type of, of, um, of, uh, of vegetation which is similar to bamboo which grows along ponds and marshland, okay? So the, the verse saying rebuke the, the beast as opposed to a wise person who has zikna, rebuke the the chayat kaneh, the beast of the kaneh, was referring to the the nations who have not yet accepted the Torah wisdom, the, the wisdom of the Torah. So now the question is, they're asking. So these goyim, these retzitza, these goyim, the mayit beveute that dies in the shell, in the eggshell, it dies in the eggshell. So beute is Aramaic for beitza, bea, bet yud ein hey is the Aramaic translation for an egg beitzam. But be'ah also in, in, in Aramaic mean supplications. Titkabel, right? Avut'on. Titkabel tzeloton, accept Hashem our prayers and our supplications. Titkabel tzeloton uba'uton. Bet ayin. You have a bet ayin there? Like here, be'uteh. So he's saying that they die over their be'uteh. So what does it mean that they, 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 they dies in the shell? What is this be'uteh? Hainu. Here we go. In other words, how, how do you to kill and nullify their prayers and their supplications of the idol worshippers? And to stop them, to prevent them from still asking prayers and supplications to other foreign gods, idols. And rather reach a point where everybody will call out in the name of God to come to this. So how do you do that? So in other words, Ritzitzah the idol worshipping nations who are far from the wisdom of the Torah that in, in order to limayet, to break and die and kill their prayers and supplications they keep on doing foreign idol worship so the, on the simple translation of this Gemara it's a question mark from where does the spirit of the chick come out? question mark and Rabbi Nachman is reading it differently in other words, he's saying, how do you... The question mark was already after the word be'uteh. How to break their prayers? To specifically what's called nafek rucha. He explains. This level. Okay, to break the supplications and prayers of the nations to their idols. Their idol worship and prayer services. You can only do this. Only through having that the Jewish people have sexual purity, this has a rippled effect on the nations to want to wake up and serve Hashem. Unbelievable. What <laughs> Nachman says here. Tikun Brit. Rectification of the Brit. What is that how is that hinted to in, in these words? What Rachav was a prostitute told the two spies who broke into Jericho when Yeshua sent these spies at the beginning of the conquerization of the Holy Land. So she said. She had a brothel, 
with uh, prostitutes for the Roman for the soldiers of the of the goyim who were residing at the time in the Holy Land. So he's saying business is bad. Everyone's so scared about you Jewish people that lo kama od ruach beish. She said that because the, the the spies asked her, what's the situation, the moral status of the goyim here in, in Yericho and in this in the Holy Land? She said it's very low, very bad. The lo kama od ruach beish. She said. The men can't even bring themselves, it's, I'm sorry to say this, to have an erection. Klokama, lakumins to be erected. Od ruach be'ish. There's no more ruach in the man to have an erection. There's no sexual arousal because they're so overwhelmed from the fear, they have no time to even think about this. Lokama od ruach be'ish. They don't have any time to think about having a sexual relationship with the, with the brothels, with the mad- madams, like she was, Rachav, okay? So she's saying, she's saying, I know from the service that went down, from our, our brothel services that it's going down that's because the, the, the soldiers and warriors and the generals they're all just broken from you Jewish people coming into the Holy Land so the fact that Ruach is, is a ref- reference to Brit so Rabbi Nachman connects it so they said in other words where does the chick's spirit Ruach which is Brit in our context come out He's reading it like this. How do you break their prayers for idol worship? From the point of bringing out the Ruach. In other words, watch what he's going to say. What does it mean? To bring out the Brit. What does it mean to bring out the Brit? So he explains. Okay. In other words, he's saying there were sparks and, and emitted seed is like, God forbid, scattering holy sparks into the domain of evil into the exchange chambers so he's saying by by extracting the holy sparks of the Brit that were that were destroyed and damaged and and spread throughout the domain of evil so by extracting them the ruach that's how you can fix the, uh, fix the damage, fix the, the nations to stop them from their prayers to their idol worships their false vanities and bring them back to Hashem so he asks now, then that's the question is, and how do you do that? Their question is like towards Rabbi Shemachananya. So how we know that this is the process. But how do you do that? How do you extract the holy sparks that fell because of a blemish in the covenant? So he answered them, his answer, the Hainu Da'al, this is what Rav Nosen is quoting over here, from the place that it entered. Again, the simple translation of the Gemara is they asked, where does the spirit, the the, the soul of the, the the life force of the chick go out from? And he answered from where it, where it entered, the same place that it entered. So in our context, Rabbi Nachman's context, lesson 27, what does that mean? Where, from the place where in the first place that led to a blemishing of the covenant of sexual impurity, of wasting seed or whatever, from that point, that's how you rectify. What does that mean? In that where the, the spirit of folly, because it's also called the Ruach Shtut, in other words, the bad thoughts, they're called the spirit, ruach also, like the breed is called ruach also, right? And the soul of the chick is called the ruach. So too, a ruach shtut means like thoughts of folly. They got a person trapped. Hainu heroiznut, in other words, thoughts of immorality, which get a person sexually aroused. Just the thought processing, just thinking. When a man just starts thinking about a woman, that already starts getting him aroused. That's why the person has to guard the mind, that he shouldn't get into the stage of aroused unnecessarily for a sin. 
Obviously in Judaism there's a time where this is permissible. When a Jewish man is with his wife in the halachic parameters, then it's okay. We're talking about now where God forbid there will be a blemish of the covenant, a wasted seed and etc. That, that is caused by thinking thoughts of immorality. Okay? So when a person is and that person then breaks his lust for thinking the thoughts, how does he break it? Like Rav Nosson says here, by thinking words of Torah, that's from Rav Nosson's addition in Hilikut Tenachot, explaining this concept in Lesson 27. Phen- phenomenal how Rav Nosson's explaining it. Because Rav Nachman didn't say how to fight against it. Rav Nosson's saying you fight against it by putting in a good thought. A bad thought comes, you put in a good thought. He doesn't say this, Rabbi Nachman, explicitly. Rav Nosson is the one explaining it. Okay? Because this is the right balanced repentance. That bad thoughts come in, you push them out. That's how you balance off the struggle to do the repentance of the damage caused by sexual impurity. So back to here. This is what Rabbi Nosson is saying here. Okay? So he's saying, Shekol tikun that the whole rectification for blemish of the covenant is by the thoughts, fighting the bad thoughts with good thoughts of Torah. Like we said, like it's brought down on the statement of the sages that Rabbi Nachman brings from the Gemara in Bechorot in Lesson 27 on those words, from the place where the thoughts came in. That's how you fight back. So what comes out with this is that just because a person is low and broken and shattered from what he's going through, what he's done, he doesn't fall. He still attaches his mind to the Torah Bizwata. Thank you for joining. And please, please, these classes, if they have really helped you a lot, please share them onto your status. Thank you very much. Shalom, shalom.